I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. Hey, I have some really big news, something I'm very excited about, and that is that Gun Lawyer has been rated the number one gun rights podcast in the world. That's right, the number one rated gun rights podcast, and that is done by what is called Feedspot, and you can go check out Feedspot, and you can look at the 20 best gun rights podcasts, and there, as number one, is Gun Lawyer. And the reason it's number one is because of you, my listeners, and I'm very proud of that, and it makes me very happy to know that the word is getting out, and that we're here as a voice protecting the Second Amendment, when Feedspot does their evaluation, as they state right on their website, that the, quote, the best gun rights podcast from thousands of podcasts on the web and ranked by traffic, social media followers, and freshness, and in their ranking, they consider expertise and credibility, content quality and relevance, longevity and consistency, and audience engagement. And I'm proud to be number one, especially considering how Feedspot does their rankings. So thank you, my listeners, and we want to help the show and continue to make it grow and try to present to you exactly what that criteria says there. And we're going to continue doing that. Matter of fact, I want to discuss with you something recently that the Democrats have proposed. The Democrats have proposed a thousand percent excise tax on so-called assault weapons, which we know are modern sporting rifles, and so-called high-capacity magazines, which are simply standard-capacity magazines. And this 1,000% excise tax will increase the price of a firearm. If you go and buy a semi-automatic that they arbitrarily declare to be a so-called assault firearm, let's say it's a $500 rifle, it will cost you $5,000 because of the excise tax. And if you want to buy a $100 magazine, well, just add in a thousand percent excise tax, and that will be per magazine, folks. A thousand dollar or two thousand dollar so-called assault farm, twenty grand. This is the Democrats' idea, of which over two dozen Democrats have put this bill forward. And by the way, this is the second time they've tried to put this forward. And it's uh, mainly being uh, pushed by uh, Representative Don Beyer, a Democrat in Virginia, and 24 other House Democrats. This is after, oh, over 100 Democrats are demanding that Congress take up uh, anti-Second Amendment legislation to take away our freedoms and liberty. That's what they love to do. And this is their approach. And this particular approach is particularly egregious, frankly. And the reason is not only will it astronomically increase the prices of firearms and magazines to just an idiotic and absurd level, uh, 
But frankly, it is another example of Democrats institutionalizing racism. That's right. They do this all the time. They promote so-called anti-gun violence initiatives. And of course, as we've discussed before, nobody should focus on gun violence. What we care about is criminal violence. But they like to isolate to their little propaganda term of gun violence. And this is their response to essentially make these firearms unaffordable except for wealthy individuals. The very folks that the Dems supposedly claim to uh, despise, essentially, and uh, always want to make a point about uh, uh, this uh, class warfare. Well, let me tell you something, folks. The institutionalized racism comes to the forefront when you look at the very statistics that are involving race, that they, they fail to they fail to grasp this, or maybe they, they know it and they want to just keep everybody here on the plantation, as they say. Because according to the U.S. Census, from this is now 2019, blacks in poverty was 1.8 times greater than their share among the general population. Blacks represent 13.2% of the total population but 23.8, almost 24% of the poverty, of the poverty population. That's right. So whites substantially outnumber blacks when it comes to not being in poverty. And blacks constitute virtually 24% of the poverty population for the entire United States. And by the way, Hispanics compromise almost 19%, 18.7, times more than the general population. So by the Democrats proposing a 1,000% tax on firearms and accessories like this, guess who they're going to disproportionately prohibit from having firearms. That's right. Poverty-stricken minorities that are overwhelmingly more poverty-stricken compared to the rest of the population. So this is what the Democrats do. And they couch it in a push to take away Second Amendment rights. And they want to start by hammering those folks that need to protect themselves the most. Because I'll tell you, in those poverty areas, you think the police there do a fantastic job in these? Or do you think your your personal security and safety depends on you there? But they don't want you to have a gun. They want to keep you, particularly the poverty-stricken minorities, they want to keep you disarmed. They don't want you armed. That's too dangerous, you see. And we can't have that. So this is what the Democrat masters want. And this is what they push. And, you know, you just don't see it in this one instance. I mean, we see it coming out all the time, whether it's in 
prejudice for licenses, various other laws that have the same effect. Even when you look at felon in possession laws that we've discussed, where blacks are six times more likely than whites to be convicted felons, yet they don't have a rights restoration mechanism federally, so you get this disproportionate disarmament going on. Yeah, and who stops that from, from the rights restoration? Who stops it? Well, Chuck Schumer and the Democrats. They don't fund the restoration federally. So again, prohibits disproportionately minority populate Democrat racism again. And you see it over and over, and here they are, 1,000% excise tax doing the same game. But I'll tell you what, it doesn't just end here. You can even see some interesting examples of how ridiculous the racism is, even in our state gun laws, and even how the permitting system applies. I'll tell you, I had an interesting uh, situation brought to my attention. Somebody wanted to know, when applying for a firearms ID card, and you use the FARS system, and this person said, I'm Brazilian. Okay. Well, guess what? When you pull the menu down, the pull down, when you are filling out the online application form for a firearms ID card or handgun purchase permit, and you get to the question of race, it only allows you to select one of the following, and that is Asian Pacific Islander, which includes Asian Indian, black, white, includes Hispanic and Spanish origin, American Indian or Alaskan Native, or unknown. Well, guess what? Brazilian isn't on a category here. And you know what? Brazilians are not Hispanic. Don't make that mistake. They're not Hispanic, folks. And so this individual originally wrote black, but he was advised by the licensing authority, no, no, you can't write black. They said, change it to white. So he changed it to white. And they said, oh, no, no. You've now arguably falsified your application because on one you said black and the other you said white. Well, they don't have a race indication for Brazilian because here's the funny part. You know what Brazilians actually are? You can look this up. You can check it out. Under the National Library of Medicine, Brazilians constitute a tri-hybrid population. That's right. Their race is tri-hybrid with European, African, and Amerindian roots. So the funny thing is, when you, if you write black, it's actually technically true because they're part black. When you write white, that's also technically true because they're part white. And they're also part Amerindian. But of course, you have to pick one, and it has to be the one, and so how do you even know? And yet the only other choice is unknown. But it's not unknown because he knows he's Brazilian. So this pull-down menu does not address the spectrum, folks. You know the spectrum they always talk? Well, it doesn't address the spectrum. 
And my question is, well, what is the spectrum? What should this list include? Because they, why are they even asking race? Shouldn't even ask race. Okay, what does race have to do with anything? Now, if you're going to tell me it's about identification, well, forget it. Nowadays, with all the ways we have re of, of, of identification, plus you have to be fingerprinted anyway, so there's your identification. Race here becomes a bar, becomes something that stops individuals from getting licensed because they, they don't cover the race. So how many, how many ethnic groups, just contemporary ethnic groups are there? So I went, did what everybody else did. I went to Wikipedia and I looked up list of contemporary ethnic groups. Boy, if you go to that website there and you read what they have, you know there's approximately over, I couldn't even count them all, over a thousand, a thousand ethnic groups. That'd be a hell of a pull-down menu for the state police, I think, to have a thousand various ethnic groups that you have to pinpoint. But even better, I went to the Joshua Project, which studies this, and they put out how many people groups are there. You ready for this? You know how many people groups there are in the world, folks? This is from the Joshua Project. Quote, some say 24,000. Others say 17,000. Some suggest 11.5 or 13,000. Which numbers are correct? There are many ways to answer this question and often cause confusion. Yeah, no kidding. This is a problem it is again this entire obsession over race it's race getting used to promote anti-second amendment legislation it's race getting in the way of licensing schemes and allowing individuals to exercise their rights in permitting systems which themselves are even constitutionally questionable Yet here, on New Jersey's pull-down, you don't have an answer if you're Brazilian, folks. And there are many other races as well that cannot give an answer to that question because they don't have, quote, other. Maybe they should have a line there that says other. Wouldn't that be a, a nice thing? No, no, no. Instead, it's unknown. But it's not unknown to the person who simply does not have their race listed. And this needs to be changed. I am very happy to say that we are sponsored by the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. And they are the premier gun rights defender for New Jersey. They are the state affiliate of the NRA. They have a full-time paid lobbyist in Trenton. They're the folks litigating as we speak over the so-called assault firearm ban, so-called large capacity magazine ban. They're there battling for our right to carry and, and going full bore at the Murphy Carry Killer anti-civil rights bill that was jammed through by the Democrats, of course, in the state legislature. They are the folks on the front lines. They have a full-time paid lobbyist. They have a fantastic newsletter. And you need to be a member. Do your part. Join the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. 
It's anjrpc.org. Become part of the solution. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So, you know, I was talking to some folks who were telling me how happy they were that they uh, had gotten their training at We Shoot because their training actually meets the new training requirements. And they simply got a new certificate and they've met the new training requirements because when We Shoot trained them, they trained them to the standards that became the official standards for the new carry law. So I want to just tell you, We Shoot is a range in Lakewood, indoor range. They have top-of-the-line training, great people there, and a range that's so convenient to Ocean and Monmouth counties. And, you know, we got to treasure our ranges. Without a place to shoot, it gets real hard to practice with our firearms. And We Shoot is a great place to shoot. I would tell you that if you are a novice, they can introduce you to firearms, get you trained properly, know safety, and have the confidence that you need. If you're uh, already a top-level shooter or you need to get certification so you can get your New Jersey carry permit, they're the folks to see. They've helped hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of folks get licensed. They've never had anybody rejected because of their qualifications not being sufficient and in fact their qualifications are so good that individuals who took their courses prior can get their new certificates from them because we shoot is top of the line so go to we shoot usa.com check out their website their beautiful photography and we shoot, by the way, is running some great sales now that I want to make you aware of. They have 15% off all AR-15 platform rifles. And that sale is uh, going until August 20th. And they have 20% off. 
off selected custom and specialty guns, and that sale will be running from August 14th to September 3rd. And these guns are, are really cool. They're special edition and custom designed, Cerakoted and such on these guns. Really neat stuff. You want to go there and check that out. And uh, I'll tell you, we shoot. They, they love their customers. Everybody raves about the service there. And they will take care of you. Check out WeShootUSA.com. And now is also when I want to bring to your attention my book. And that is the New Jersey Gun Law Book. Folks, this is my labor of love. Not only doing this podcast, but doing that book. And also, of course, practicing law and saving New Jerseyans and others from becoming law-abiding criminals. But this book is very special. It's over 500 pages. It's in a question-and-answer format, over 120 topics, all explained. It's the Bible of New Jersey gun law. It's the 25th anniversary edition, fully updated. And here's the sweet part as well. Right on the front cover is the QR code that you scan with your phone, and you get to register for free, for free. And you subscribe for free to all the updates and alerts as soon as there's law changes. If there's a court case or a statute or an attorney general guideline, anything that affects New Jersey gun law, I send that out so your book stays current. You can then access it, download it, access it anytime you want, put it in the back of the book, put it in your computer. It's all there for you as a service so that you can keep your book updated. If you don't have a copy, you need a copy. And let me warn you, if you get a copy, never loan it out because you'll never get it back. Go to evannappen.com. evannappen.com. That's my website, in case you couldn't figure it out. And you'll see the orange-covered book, the big orange New Jersey Gun Law book. Just click it and order a copy today. So I got a letter here from a listener who raises a very interesting point, and I want to talk about this because there is actually a trap here being laid, and I want you to be aware. And this is one of the things I love to do on this show, warn you about things that you don't end up making a mistake. This letter is from Bill, and Bill says, I'm in the process of collecting the paperwork for my NJCCW. One of the forms, SP-182A, identifies the make, model, and serial number and caliber of the pistol you want to carry. It also allows you to, quote, declare any additional firearms you may also want to carry. Why would anyone voluntarily register all of their handguns? After all, you can carry a max only of two. My understanding is that only in the last few years, gun owners moving to New Jersey are required to register their handguns. When did that law go into effect? I will listen for your answer on an upcoming podcast. I appreciate what you do and enjoy your book. Best regards, Bill. Okay, Bill raises a very important thing here. Now, of course, we've discussed about people becoming residents in New Jersey and they have to register their guns within 60 days. And before they can do that, they have to get a firearms ID card. So good luck getting that within the 60 days so you can register your guns. But the real heart of his question here, which is really important, is this backdoor gun registration. And when you go to the state police website, you can download this form. 
And on one hand, this is an advantage and an improvement. And on the other hand, it could be dangerous. So you need to be careful here. Let me explain. The form is a permit to carry description of additional handguns intended to be carried. And you put the name of the permit to carry holder, your address, your SBI number, and then it says right in it, one permit shall be sufficient for all handguns owned by the holder thereof. And that's great, and that's important because that is also the law, and that's something that was a big problem with the anti-gun judges that used to be in control of the permit system they'd force you to qualify with each handgun and limit you to handguns and that was a whole nightmare unto itself which is now gone because that wonderful aspect of the new carry law the only thing that's really great in it if you get right down to it is that judges are no longer part of that administrative process that's an executive function it's simply a issued license by the executive branch particularly through the chief or superintendent so that's good and they even acknowledge that one permits good for all handguns and then it says the chief police officer or superintendent as the case may be shall also determine and record a complete description of each handgun the applicant intends to carry so that also is in the law and then it gives you a list and you can list the guns and then you certify that it's true and by the way certifying in new jersey is the same as doing an affidavit so you always want to be very careful that you're accurate and truthful whenever you certify to anything in Jersey because it's the same as if you made an affidavit and you'd never want to have that problem. But the key is you're now listing your guns, make, model, serial number, and caliber, and that itself becomes a registration sheet, doesn't it? Now, on one hand, it's great because you can put all the guns you want to carry and we don't have to go through that old problem of certifying each gun. You simply certify and it doesn't matter what gun you're certifying with. And then one permit's good for all, and then you can list them. But if you're making this list, now you're creating this registration that is on you, that's part of your file. So what I strongly suggest here is that you only carry and list for carry and make it the only guns that you choose to carry are guns that you already have jersey paper on. That's right. So guns you've already acquired with a jersey pistol purchase or handgun purchase permit because that permit is, of course, a form of register. It registers your acquisition of it. It's already, quote, registered with the state. So writing it again on this sheet, you're not doing anything uh, or giving any information that the state doesn't already have on you, you see. And so those would be the guns that I would limit it to. Even though in New Jersey, you are absolutely permitted as residents to have handguns that are not registered. There is no law in New Jersey of possession of an unregistered handgun, except for individuals who moved to New Jersey, who had that misfortune to change their residence to New Jersey then they were forced to register. But residents do not have to register. And the only registration that takes place is when you acquire the new handgun in New Jersey with that permit to purchase. That's when the registration kicks for residents. But if you possess unregistered handgun in your home or under the exemptions, etc., you're covered by that exemption. 
So possession of a handgun in your home, you're exempt under NGS 2C396E, possession in your home of the handgun. There's no law of possession of an unregistered gun. You can have an unregistered gun as that resident. Okay, And so we've seen that throughout New Jersey where, for example, uh, if you inherit firearms, there's no registration of inherited guns, nor do you have to register them, nor should you register them. Why bother? And those guns may be kept, and they're unregistered. But whether you want to put them on a list and create voluntarily for yourself a registration of those guns, why would you want to do that? Don't give the government any more information than they need because registration itself is a danger, as we've discussed many times before. So you want to avoid legally, when you can, having to register or give unnecessary information to the government because that ends up being utilized against you. And I've had a number of cases where that was the situation. Even an individual, by the way, who uh, had been imprisoned because a domestic violence restraining order was put against him, which, by the way, was later dismissed. But part of that restraining order was that he had to turn in all guns that he had. And the problem in New Jersey is your handguns are registered when you make the acquisition, but there's no unregistration of them. It doesn't exist. So you could buy a handgun one day from a dealer and the very next day sell it to another dealer, all legal to do, by the way. But guess what? That gun is not unregistered to you. And so if the New Jersey gun registration database is looked at as a current, a current list of a gun you possess, it's actually not true. It only means it was registered at the time when you made that acquisition. So this individual was actually imprisoned and charged with contempt of the order for failing to turn in uh, about 14 handguns that they believed he had, which in fact he no longer had. And he was in jail for up to 90 days before he called me because the other lawyer didn't know what to do. And when I got the case, I'm like, this is outrageous. I totally understand. They're holding you and requiring him to have guns. And they said the only reason, the only way he could get out of jail is if he turned over guns that he didn't have. So luckily, I have a great relationship with the dealers in New Jersey, and we were able to track down relatively quickly where these guns had been sold to. And I was able to get proofs from 13 out of the 14 dealers, 13 of the 14 guns, that is, of their disposition, even though that shouldn't even be required. And when I went to court and I was able to say, look, you can't hold them to these guns because it doesn't mean you still have them if they're listed. But we even went above and beyond and could prove their disposition to these other dealers. And here's 13 out of the 14. And even with that, the state goes... Well, what about the 14th gun? Well, first of all, it's not our burden to show. Second, it doesn't mean it. But I'll tell you what. You know what happened to the 14th gun? I said, the 14th gun my client turned into your gun buyback. That was no questions asked. No records maintained. Your county did that. Anyway, we got the client out. But that shows you how guns that are on a list of registration can be used to haunt you. And this man spent 90-plus days in jail over that very thing. So don't give the government any information that you don't have to. Beware of that on filling out this form. As nice as it is that we can just qualify with one gun and list all the other guns we want to carry that's actually decent, 
but beware of the backdoor registration that takes place here. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws do not protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.